Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Comes into three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Off the Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanciunas. Finds a cutter in a Coro, and a Coro thunders it home. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Long hands it off the Sexton feed. Cavaliers by seven. And uh, Cleveland! This is for you! All right, Chris Manning, editor for the tour, co-host of Locked on Cavs here, joined as always by Evan Debra, my co-host here, also a writer and editor for the sword, also writes about the Cavs at Forbes.com. Evan, what's up, buddy? Not a whole lot, man. I'm just taking it easy. It's Wednesday. I keep thinking it's Thursday, so it's been a little bit of a long week for me, but I'm unwinding with some good old Michelob Ultra and getting ready to talk some calves. How are you doing? Doing good. Pushing through. Busy week on all fronts. You know, getting got some good snow blowing in the other day during the, the heavy, heavy snow um, in the in the Cleveland area. And yeah. You got some strong Midwest dad energy right now, my guy. Hell yeah, brother. All right, so Evan, the only Cavs news we really can talk about right now is that Kevin Love was a participant in most things on Wednesday, according to head coach J.B. Bakerstaff. That is seemingly the only thing kind of um, that we can update right now. Kevin seemingly is, very again, very close to to play. It seems like the 21st is, is the date. I don't know if we know exactly if the... The added Nuggets game changes anything because that is two days later than what would have been the Spurs game on the 17th. So we'll see if he plays Friday. I would expect the 21st kind of just as the was the target date before that game was inserted into the schedule and play it safe. Probably better just to bring it back on the 21st. But what we're going to do today is uh, two topics over three segments. First topic over the first two segments is all about Colin Sexton as an all-star candidate, why he's a candidate, where he stacks up against other teams. Thursday is going to be the reveal of the starters. I don't think Colin is going to be a starter, barring something crazy changing in the voting, Um, but he's, I think, at the very least a candidate to be on the roster in some capacity. We'll dive into that. And then to wrap up the show, we're going to talk about Jetty Osman and what he's been this season because he's been kind of a up-and-down player and I think very um, not fun to watch for a lot of people based on my Twitter feed, which isn't a perfect encapsulation of the world, but that's what I'm using here because I feel like it. So, Evan, let's start with Colin Sexton. If we're going to make a big list, right, like we're going to list out every player in the Eastern Conference and come up with like your first draft list of all-star candidates, he's on my list. Is he on your initial list of Eastern Conference all-stars? I mean, I'll say Colin Sexton isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, Maybe he sometimes makes us look a little dumb with our finger and a thumb in the shape of an L on our forehead, but... Yeah, I consider him an all-star, but like you said, towards the top there, he has some tough footing. He's definitely not going to be a starter, just considering because Kyrie Irving, Brad Beal, James Harden are in the Eastern Conference as well, and that just makes it tough to begin with. I think Jalen Brown's considered a backcourt player as well, technically. I'm not 100% sure on that, but um, yeah, if you just like break down the guard's position, like Colin deserves to be on this list along with like Zach Levine, Levine, Fred Van Fleet. Um, 
even Kyle Lowry too, if you want to get real frisky with it. But um, no, Colin has been Cleveland's best player this year by far, and I think you need to put some damn respect on his name and the fact that he is Cleveland's best player should really just give him all-star consideration to begin with. And then statistically, uh, I feel like I'm the kiss of death here, but before he interviewed with me, he was putting together a pretty solid campaign statistically as well. But if you throw out some of the contender opponents the Cavs have played, Colin has played pretty well against middle-of-the-pack to bad teams. It's just like the truly elite he struggled against because he commands respect defensively, and that's just the harsh reality of it. But yeah, all in all, he's an all-star in my opinion. Well, I don't... So I think he's on the initial list where like he should be considered, and it's 12 spots, this gets really competitive, all that stuff. I think when you whittle it down, I think it's harder to make a case for him. And I think especially since the Nets game, it's become harder to make... Um, a case for Khan as it's kind of gone on. I, I yeah. think he he's also again Heart this is look wonders. well this is year three too again like this is not like it's like yeah. year eight and it's like he's in Mike Conley territory like he still has a long while right he's a well I think Mike's the the better example of like a high high level player yeah. but like there's there's yeah. a there's a lot of ways that this still can go from he's got a lot of time like maybe next year he's even a more serious candidate I think the fact that he is a candidate at all right now is pretty impressive in its own right. That, to me, is kind of like, okay, if that's a win for him. It's a win for the Cavs. You know, I they did the little media blitz with, like, the players should be and stuff. Like, that was all sort of intentional. I, I think I think Colin is is on this list, and we'll dive into sort of why I, I think he it's kind of going to be hard to make a, a coherent argument for him once you dive into some of this. But he's, he's played himself into the conversation, and that in itself is a really, really, really impressive thing. No, it definitely is, and like you said, the Cavs made a little bit of a PR blitz to get Colin nominated along with Larry Nance Shooter and Andre Drummond, rest in peace, Andre, and his time with Cleveland, but um, no, Colin really is deserving to be a part of this list. I think it's just like you said, it's only the third year of his career. He's 22 years old, and he's really getting a lot of respect, not just from us as podcast hosts or people in the greater Cleveland sports sphere. Um it's, it's on a national level, too. Like, Zach Lowe's giving Colin Sexton a lot of love. There's a lot of coaches and players around the league who... I mean, Kyrie Irving, the guy who... Colin took his... took Colin took Kyrie's old number and was wearing his shoes and cooked him in Kyrie's old house and everything. Like, there's a lot of those narratives, too. Like, Colin couldn't help but appreciate... Or, not, sorry, not Colin. Kyrie couldn't help but appreciate how skilled Colin is. Like, he's really making it. And let's say he's snubbed by this. Um, hell hath no fury like a Colin Sexton snub from a primetime NBA event. So if he doesn't get voted in, it's going to be even scarier to see what this kid becomes. Well, I, I think even beyond that, Evan, I think we just have to like this. Is, I think it's a good time to kind of assess like where he's at. I'm not so much as interested in like the, like the, the, the that part of this. I think just it's worth noting that Colin's having a really good year, but this is like very, um, this is very, this is very tricky in a lot of ways to kind of evaluate this. So I did some research and we're going to dive into this. So here, here is where I, th- this is the baseline of his case to me. 20, 20 he's, uh, he's tied the league in scoring 22.8 points per game, shooting 48.4% from the field, 4.3 assists per game. He's definitely improved. He's become pretty hard to guard in a lot of different ways. And he's become, I think pretty darn efficient. Um, here, here to me are the Eastern conference guard locks. Bradley Beal, Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. Then here here are the guys you get into that are also guards that are up for consideration. I think Zach Levine has a very clear case, and we'll talk about him specifically as we kind of go on here. 
Uh, Trey Young has a very good case. I think Malcolm Brogdon has a really good case. And I think Drew Holiday also has a really good case. That's just a lot of guards. And I think if you think about... Does Ben Simmons qualify as a guard? Or is he I think he's a technically a forward. Player? But that, that's like if you're going into the reserves and you're sort of like picking like... You're like picking between like guys regardless. I think that's another guy. Like his defensive potential, his defensive ability and all that stuff is like high, high, high. Plays on a better team, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And then... The only addition I make to your list there is if Simmons doesn't count, I'd still consider Fred Van Fleet. He's playing phenomenal yeah. for Raptors, and I think that's another player. Yeah, too. Van Fleet's definitely another one. But you put in all these guys, it gets really tight. Like, it is not like a slight. Like, Collins should, will take it this way and internalize it, all that stuff. It is not like a slight on him that he sucks because he does, if he doesn't make the All Star team. I think we need to just say that explicitly because. These year coverage has like a lot of very good guards, and it's a deep position. And like this is year three, and he's 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 pushing forward in a very very notable way. Um, and again, I will talk talk about this, but some of the tiebreakers that like will uh, some of the stuff that will be tiebreakers, team quality, um, you know, his some of the advanced metrics that that people may cite as kind of a tiebreaker. Like there are some certain things that are going to. Uh, some of those things that are gonna that are gonna work against him in some of these things. So, uh, do you have any? My locks, Evan, were Beal, Jalen, Kyrie, Harden. Uh, do you have any quibble with those four as locks for the All-Star game? Uh, no, especially considering how well Jalen Brown's playing this year, and Bradley Beal's always just been consistently great for the Wizards. And it's just unfortunate, I think, for the East as a whole, because James Harden coming to the Eastern Conference just makes things a little muddier, not just for Colin, but just for guard and uh, backcourt players in general. But um, no, I don't disagree with any of those locks whatsoever. I think that's just a solid list. I think, like, his let's put it this way hardens a top three player in the league at times and also a perennial mvp candidate Kyrie's really freaking good on a marquee team in brooklyn bradley beal is a phenomenal two garden if he gets put on a different team people will really appreciate how great he is and then like i said Jalen brown's playing out of his nine so yeah no i have no qualms with that list whatsoever all right so now evan it's time to name the ultra player of the week for us this week it's Jared Allen. This is a player who brings joy, who brings happiness to the Cleveland Cavaliers, who is a who brings happiness to the Cavs, who is a straight up enjoy a joyful player to watch play basketball. I, I think he's he's pretty darn good. No, he's Jared Allen has been phenomenal, and something we've kind of stressed for a while now is the Cavs need to start prioritizing the future, and Jared Allen is the future. He's really freaking good for what the Cavs are trying to build, and really just enjoyable in general. And um, no, he's he's actually, you know, Jared Allen's on-the-court play is as enjoyable as an ice-cold Michelob Ultra, don't you think, Yeah, Chris? again, Michelob Ultra, 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It is only worth it if you enjoy it. And if you enjoy it, it's going to create success. And enjoyment is in the end game. It's the whole game. Jared Allen is the end game for, is the whole game, really, for the Cleveland Cavaliers at center. And a Michelob Ultra is your whole game for a refreshing, delicious beer. So go enjoy one. Get it today, Michelob Ultra. All right. Also, want to tell you about our about the Locked On Today podcast. Get the sports news you need in less than in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under twenty minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. So if you're interested in, for example, NBA MVP, Kane Pittman from Lockdown Bucks was just on there talking about Giannis. So go check that out, Where again, wherever you get podcasts. All right, Evan, let's continue talking about Colin Sexton. So I'm going to hear, here's my, here's, I, I think for me, 
and I, I think Levine has to be ahead of him. He's been outrageous this year, much more efficient, putting up like just absurd numbers. I think Trey has to be ahead of him, just bigger counting stats, all that stuff. Um, I think I think Drew probably gets really. You think so? Trey's kind of an underwhelming I don't, player. I don't love opinion. Trey, but I think his case is like a little tighter than Collins in terms of some. There, there are some impacts on on like the team success that like Colin is having like a really good year, but there are some team markers of success that I think work against him here, and Trey is contributing to those in a way that Colin is not. For just for example, the Cavs. Let me oppose you further. The Hawks and the Cavs feel like they're kind of virtually locked in a gridlock on uh i mean atlanta is two spots back of them in the lottery standings right now okay but if you're looking if your case for colin seconds that he's having like a bomb offensive season the Cavs are 30th in offense they are 7.4 points below league average in offense it is hard to like wipe that away to some extent right like i i just think like ultimately get that that's a tiebreaker and i think like again like the team success hurts trey but like i think his passing is ahead of collins i'm not the i'm not the biggest trey guy either he's not aesthetically like a guy i particularly love watching um evan the other thing i think that hurts colin in this and i think this is again something that i think will just ultimately unfortunately work against him here is that ever since his 42 point night against brooklyn um in a this is a 15 game sample he's 22.20.2 points per game shooting 44.8 percent from the field 31.8% 31.8% from three, um, 4.6 assists per game, and he's, and he's shooting 41.7% um, on three-pointers at home in eight in seven games, and then 20% in eight games on the road. Um, and then to dive to even further, in the last five games on this brutal road trip the Cavs have been on, 19.4 points per game, 47.4 shooting from the field, 28.6 three-point uh, percentage that's a dip again from about five percent um or excuse me there's also a five percent dip from his season average at the free throw line but he's averaging five assists the only thing that's really improved since that nets performance is that he's actually racking up more assists and we probably haven't talked about that enough because i frankly wasn't totally aware of that that his averages kind of leveled out that way but i think he's just hit a wall in a way that it kind of makes it hard that like okay if you also have to factor in the recency of this and all this stuff and that the fact that the Cavs were not very good, I think that just kind of hurts his yeah. candidacy a lot to me. Do you think a lot of it has to do with the spotlight being on him after that 42-point outburst? Because he had a really good follow-up game. I think he had 25, and I want to say double-digit assists or close to it in the follow-up game to that 42-point outburst. But do you think the spotlight being on Colin and just the Cavs just kind of flat-out falling apart offensively? I mean, more so the spotlight on Colin, like, is that affecting his play because i mean in the grand scheme of things too the Cavs entered a buzzsaw of title threat and serious playoff threat components and i think like i talked about in the last segment is teams are respecting him defensively too like they saw this outburst and like okay cleveland is a very bad offensive team why don't we just shut down their best offensive player and see how they function and clearly the Cavs can't function if colin can't get his looks do you think there's just a lot of that or just kind of stuff out of our control, like things maybe we're not seeing or just things we don't fully have a concept of. It, it, those are my two schools of thoughts. Do you think the pressure's getting to Colin, or do you think it's just teams respecting him? And I, I think him? there's I, – I don't think the pressure – Colin doesn't strike me as like a pressure bothers him guy. I think he's pretty like ice cold, like tough in that sense. I think the thing that is trickiest for him is that teams are defending him differently. I think you're seeing teams dare him and Darius Garland to take more threes, and they just like aren't comfortable doing it. 
like that that's like a real problem with the Cavs offense as a whole but it's like a thing that it, and it's a hard shot it, it is like a difficult shot like to get really comfortable at I, I think you know it took Darren Fox until like this year to start like really uncorking them it seems like but um, like it's something Levine has in his bag. Drew has it in his bag, although he's not the most consistent shooter. I think Brogdon's a little more efficient. Like there's just these little things that I think separate him. And I, but it's a learning, again, this is a learning experience for Colin. Like he's seeing different coverages. Yeah. He's seeing different approaches to him that because he's doing all this stuff and he's really efficient in certain ways, they're saying beat us in this other way. And for whatever reason, he seemingly just has like one month a year now where he just like struggles shooting. And then it gets like hard to kind of muck up the offense. It, it's just hard to succeed when you're shooting that level at, at, from three point right now. It yeah. just it just is. It is unfortunate that him kind of having this slump is at this point in the season when the momentum for All Stars really building and everything else. But I, I also like you said, it's also not the end of the world if he doesn't get the consideration either. I just think it's refreshing to see people start to notice on a league basis instead of just us in the Cleveland sphere uh, noticing how good of a player Colin really is but um I have full faith in his ability to bounce back I do like, I do too this is but that the, to, again this isn't what it's about to me that's not like the problem here the problem here is just like I think if you're if there are 12 spots and you have to be picky it's hard, like his case just kind of oh like it 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 falls apart yeah. because there's just so many good teams well not yeah there, there's a lot of good teams not great teams in the Eastern Conference but the problem is you have to those reserve spots go to every position. They just don't go like there's an, a certain allotment of guards that get in. Like it could be all big men for all we know. And that's like um, old Cavs fantasy when they had uh, 48 minutes of cent- elite center right, play. Um, Should have made that. I'm, I'm glad we didn't make that like a t-shirt. Cause that would have been a, no one would have needed that t-shirt. Um, just like, again, there are going to be a bunch of players in Eastern conference that are like deserving that won't be making it. So yeah. like, Brogdon, you know, you can make it argument. Um, Van Vliet, as you mentioned, Drew Holiday, um, like you know, Kyle Lowry could even like be kind of thrown in here a little bit, like um, you know, Levine, and then you and, have ben, like ben, Simmons. and Ben Simmons is eligible as an guard. I'm looking at a, a ringer, um, the kind of write up on this right now from Kevin O'Connor, and like Ben Simmons is eligible as a guard, like, and you go into the other guys on the list, like. Bam Adebayo will not be a starter, but probably should be should be there. Sabonis, uh, Nikola Vucevic, Julius Randle is. Chris Middleton. Yeah, Chris Middleton. Jeremy Grant is having, like, an outrageous year. Like, there are all these guys, and these guys are really, really deserving. And, like, you just kind of, like, it's hard to make that top 12. It just is. And, and I, again, I agree with you that Con will bounce back. He he will have a really good year, all that stuff. And But, Evan, that leads me to my last question on this. The Cavs host the All-Star mm-hmm. game next year. I should say Cleveland. Or so, or so we think. They could bounce back to Indiana next year, then push Cleveland. No, back I, they've already year. announced Indiana's 2024. Oh, this was oh, I'm, I'm, this over is, my head. This is Either just way, needless information in my trap. So the Cavs are hosting an All Star game in 2022. I would bet you. I wouldn't bet anything because I I don't want to get divorced, but like, the, I would be pretty sure that the Cavs organization would like to have an All Star on its roster for the all-star game in Cleveland. It just would, it would be something that would work. The best case in the best, the most likely person for that to happen with is Colin Sexton. If you're looking at something that could Kate Cunningham, if the draft, okay. But like in a, a a rookie making the all-star game is always like kind of tricky unless it's like a Zion kind of guy. And like, I don't know if he has like the hype of a Zion. That's, that's tricky. That's another conversation, but let's say that the, the most likely guy is Colin 
for you, is there something that he could make a leap at that could say, okay, like he could, this is something that could further his case. If he gets really, really good at this one thing or, or whatever it is, is there something he could do that could make him like an even stronger candidate a year from now? Well, it's tough because offensively he's such an efficient and dynamic three-level scorer. Like he's affecting you from three-point range. He's affecting you in the paint. He's affecting you at the free throw line. Like he can hurt teams in so many different ways offensively. I think he needs to work on his playmaking. I think he needs. I mean, he's getting better defensively as JB as his coach, and maybe it's a little bit of a schematic thing too. But people don't really notice that when they're considering all-star stuff. But maybe just getting his teammates more involved, and I think just trying to turn in Cleveland, kind of turning Cleveland into a winning team. I think that's the next step. Like he told me i'm sick and tired of losing and the Cavs kind of ran into a buzzsaw for a bit there um if they write the ship and kind of i think they'll normalize a little bit and not be as putrid as they were for the last few games but i think colin just being the lead the tip of the spear that is the cleveland cavaliers making a serious run at the playoffs and they're like this young exciting team like the hornets are now or to an extent the knicks but like the knicks are such a weird team in general um if the Cavs kind of take that next step with colin being the forefront of it i think it makes it even easier for the all-star case and i also think it being in cleveland next year it makes the case even easier and i think it wouldn't surprise me if the Cavs make an even more concerted effort for colin to be considered an all-star next yeah, year yeah well. i think the team success will matter I, I think it's, for me, it's becoming, like, the Zach Levine parallel is kind of the one that I, I've been drawn to in doing my research on this because Levine has become, like, a di- just a flat-out, like, bomb three-level score. Colin is probably, like, what, like a two-and-a-half? It's, like, kind of two-and-a-half because he doesn't have that pull-up. Like, he can shoot the three well, but he has these weird dips, and Levine has, like, just become ultra-efficient. Um like if he can hit not I don't know if he can like that level is like is is tough and like again like you know maybe a real offseason will help him like next year will be a bigger sample of games cuz this year is just like this first really condensed part of the season this is all complicated and this is all kind of progressing and it again it is it is like a big win in its own right that Colin Sexton is being included in the elites of 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 the league and kind of fighting for one of these spots and deserving of consideration like that that's well, maybe not an elite, but he's a very great player. Like, not a very good player, but he's, like, the two steps above. Yeah, that, I, like I'm not saying he's, like, elite player. of the elite, but I'm saying, like, he's in the conversation of, like, the weekend where you honor all the best players in the league. I think that, that that's, that, oh, that's yeah, what absolutely. I mean here. I, but I think if he can become hyper even more efficient and, like, actually kind of fully realize that three-level scoring game, um, I, I think that's where, like, okay, you can go, okay, Colin, like, the case is really, really strong. Um, one, 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 st- again, just one kind of note here on this. So, uh, I was, our friends at Beable Index had like a, a kind of a deep dive into all the all-stars on their like LeBron, uh, metric, which is like their kind of encapsulation of like a catch-all kind of war type thing. Um, interestingly, like Levine is at like 1.4 wins added and Sexton's like half of that. So it's just interesting that there is like the, the metrics point to like a little bit of a chasm from him that the counting stats also hint at and that his recent play also hints at but there is a gap and like he like even someone like there are i'll put the link of the show notes for people that are interested to kind of evaluate what those numbers kind of indicate uh, about the all-stars but they indicate that there is a gap between colin and some of the guys but i think in the future as he gets into year four year five like levine is in what year six or year seven like sometimes these things just take time before you kind of can can blossom in that way you have to kind of throw out the minnesota moment for zach levine too so yeah like he was really young coming into the league like these things are all he's super young super raw and he didn't really come into his own until he was swapped for 
uh, Jimmy but for the butt man Chris Dunn and Laurie Martin. Yeah, and then and who you spoke with about Greg yes, Swartz yesterday. Yes. And then he uh and this is and again this is even the first year where he's like even hit another level. Like I think he's clearly been like even better yeah. this season. But all right, Evan, let's take a break here. Uh, Zach Levine's for sure gonna get snubbed. I'll say that much, and it's a shame because he's playing f- phenomenal this yeah, season. He's he's been absolutely fun to watch and i i'm not i was not i'm not even a necessarily a levine believer at the highest level but i think he's been pretty damn good this year all right evan let's take a break here um we got a couple more sponsors to thank but first first up is bet online bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but nba college basketball and the nhl are in full swing bet online even covers awards tv shows and reality television Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine is a big part of BetOnline, and they have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook excerpts. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for that 50% welcome bonus. And let me give you a word from our other sponsor, Rock Auto. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, more than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts. Probably the same place wherever you find Locked On Cavs. All right, last segment here. Chris Manning, Evan Damerel. Evan, I say Jetty Osmond in 2020-2021. What is your reaction? Uh, more peaks and valleys, but way some so many valleys at this point that it's become frustrating that you start to notice the bigger holes in Jetty's game, and it's mostly on defense. And as a defense first team that the Cavs are now uh, currently iterated as, it becomes even more apparent how bad Jetty has regressed defensively since LeBron's last year in Cleveland. Yeah, I I think there are moments where like I see him doing okay. Like even that play, I know like Curry like dusted him on that play that went viral, but like he was at least like try yeah. like it's like I see him like trying. Um, my biggest thing with him this year is I think he's become kind of a gunner. And yeah, and he's too erratic to be a gunner. Like it's not reliable enough for him to be that. Well, and I remember like talking to someone about him like a year ago, and and saying, okay, like what 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 is not clicking for him? And one of the things they said is like his footwork and his mechanics on his shot are often like all, they're all over the place. Like on the really, really good shooters in the league, like go, go on YouTube and just like watch Kyle Corver highlights, like his, his form, his release, yeah. his load, like everything about him in the, in the shot is pretty much the same shot. The shot. It is like clinical how, how 
precisely just Ray Allen was, you know, largely the same way. Jetty can be all over the place in the span of the same game. And despite the fact that like his percentages, like last year was like 30, like eight, I have actually in front of me here. I, again, I took a bunch of notes for this one because I was being trying to be prepared. So last year, uh, he's 38.1% on four point, uh, almost five attempts per game. 36.8% on on 1.1 pull-ups per game this year. Uh, he's at 20, uh, excuse me, he's at 33.1% overall, 34.4% on 4.4 catch-and-shoot attempts per game, 28.9% on 1.4 pull-ups per game. I think he's become, in a very short time, like, very, like, he's trying to fire up threes. He said recently he thinks the Cavs should be taking a bunch more threes. Like the, he see he specifically said like the Utah Jazz who take about forty three pointers per night if I remember. Correctly. Yes, and while I don't necessarily think he's wrong that the Cavs need to pump up the volume, like it's sort of I, I we've been making an argument for for a while now. Um, I wrote about it like before yeah. it was a real problem. Like I I was like this is going to be a thing. I don't like tooting my home, but I was right. On and this he is not like a good enough player to like be the guy that is forcing all this it should be colin it should be darius like if kpj was on the team it would be kevin porter jr doing this kind of stuff um and like jetty has had like this kind of like gunner like like carry the load kind of mentality in him he had it he has it at the times with turkish national team but like this is a different level and it is not Mm -hmm. working and it's tough no it really is and Jetty is still the same player we describe where he's peaks and valleys where he's at his peak. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, this is a good complimentary wing player for the Cavs who can provide high energy spacing off the bench. But like you said, he's kind of turned into a gunner and his shooting numbers have suffered. Like his overall field goal percentage is he's converting 38.1% of his shots on almost 11 attempts per game. And um, we're seeing his minutes and his role reduced because I think the Cavs can't reliably lean on him in the moment. And I don't think the Cavs are necessarily going to try and tr- actually trade him, but maybe they try and pull him aside and try and like just work things with him. And he slowly re-earns his minutes because it's also how JB operates too. If you're going to be harmful for the team and not an active team player. And the problem is Jetty's also one of the better playmakers for the Cavs, which is more telling of just Cleveland's personnel in general. But, um, it's just kind of frustrating to see him kind of go through these lulls at times, and I think it's just becoming really hyper-focused because, and we're finally having this conversation because I just think you and I have been kind of, I don't know, it's it's weird. It's like it's tricky because Jetty has good moments, and then like there's so many bad moments in between that you're like, okay, there's a lot to talk about here. But like you said, he shouldn't be the guy who is leading the three-point revolution. He's attempting 6.13s per game, which is probably – one of the higher numbers on the team but like i mean obviously adding kevin love back will add more three-point attempts organically to this roster like you said darius and colin need to be the head of this snake and i think starting jared allen over andre Drummond now is going to lead to that direction i just think the Cavs are finally getting back to practice getting the wednesday game against san antonio gave them an extra practice day so they'll practice probably wednesday thursday have shoot around friday and play denver in those two days of practice i don't think they're gonna get a ton done but I think JB has been telling us for a while, he's like, yeah, no, we're aware of the fact that this team needs to get more open looks on three. Um, I also don't think it's going to be coming through Jetty. Like you said, it needs to be coming through Colin and Darius. And I think it's fine if Jetty's attempting threes, but maybe they need to minimize his impact so it's not so catastrophic, so it's not as bad as like a turnover every single time Jetty jacks up so many threes per game. The other thing that I will say as a, po- as a positive for him um, – you mentioned the you mentioned the the turning the ball over. So this year, 
Um, he is turning the ball over much, much less. He's averaging more assists uh, than he kind of ever has. Like two point two point six assists to one turnover. Per uh, game. It's a career high assist to usage ratio. Like everything about his playmaking, and it's as sort of like a tertiary playmaker that we sort of thought he, I at least sort of thought he might be coming into the league. Um, has actually kind of manifested this year. That is like a sign that like that that part of the game is at least working for him. I, I think it's just like you're not getting the full benefit of it when he's jacking up all these threes and it's not even like good. It's not even like he's taking good shots. It's just like he takes a shot because the ball sort of ends up in his hands. Yeah, that's he's just taking the look. He's taking attempts on the looks that he's given to him. And Darius talked about this the other night where the cast kind of have a problem in general and it, a lot of it stems from him and Colin instead of taking the open look at three Darius and Colin would rather pass to a teammate and try and find a better look because maybe I don't know maybe they don't feel comfortable with it or whatever but Jetty's the antithesis of that he's okay with taking a three if it's open and like you need guys like that sometimes to just like get up shots but it's not like he's again he's not I don't think that's what his skill set is like I just it doesn't track to me that that is like what he is he's always been a better um catch and shoot player i think than not i think and again i I just think there's something with him and i don't i I don't have an answer for this that like i i i I would encourage i want people to let us know if they tell me if they think i'm high or not when i say this but like i think if you watch him in game his shot form and his mechanics and i'm not an expert on this by any stretch of the imagination but they're never consistent and i think when that when like that that just feels so off to me i don't know what you're supposed to do with that when he's also like taking a bunch of threes yeah, Jetty Osmond's also one of those players where, like, when you watch him take a three, you can sometimes know if it's going in or not. Like, it, that's just that, that that's kind of sad, but at the same time, like, it's also just frustrating. It's like, okay, we're getting a bad Jetty night when you like see two or three of those shots go up, and you know they're not going in the moment they're released. Yes. All right, Evan. Any final thoughts as we get out of here? Um, it's unfortunate the Cavs have to play Denver on Friday. I tweeted about this this morning, but with like Cleveland's upcoming schedule, like Oklahoma City is a pretty damn scrappy team like the Cavs could realistically finish the season the first half of the season on a 16 game losing streak and that's a real bummer yeah that's tough um Evan you also have your handling hosting duties tomorrow why don't you tell everyone what we have coming up on tomorrow's episode yeah my uh friend of the pod uh Jordan Christmas my good friend Jordan Christmas comes on and he's a Sixers guy some of you who may listen on a more regular basis and so we I kind of pitched him the idea of like oh man we're not going to see the end of the Joel uh drum and rivalry between cleveland and philly because that's one of cleveland's last opponents one of philly's last opponents and we kind of talked about that we touched on what lebron you know backing what draymond said about Drummond the other day we touched on that a little bit we touched on jason lloyd's article pointing the finger at kobe altman for everything um and then we play a little game of uh keeper sell and he actually makes it a little dire because he starts asking me should the Cavs keep colin sexton or darius garland and put the gun to my head so um it's an interesting time and hope you guys enjoy it it's a fun way to end your week with, with us yeah and then i'll have a little solo recap of Cavs nuggets on friday and then i uh, will have jordan zerm because uh, evan has some stuff that's going to take him away for a couple of days so J- jordan zerm will be with me um on monday so that's what we have coming up thanks again to bet online to Rock Auto and to Michelob Ultra. Pretty damn cool to say Michelob Ultra sponsoring the yeah. pod. Salute to them. Michelob Ultra, the beer of Locked On Cavs, is a it rolls off the tongue. Well, College Evan would be so jealous right now. Uh, Chris, who always like the, the every I swear every like race I've run, Michelob Ultra is like the beer you get, and it just this just feels like kismet in the universe. But and Evan, uh, because we're gonna shout out people who leave us five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you have one that you want to read as we get out of here. 
yeah shout out to mink hands who called this the best cavaliers podcast thank you for real recognizing real right here and just reminding us what we actually are but he says or they say if you love the cleveland cavaliers then this podcast is a must listen always a good vibe and great insight keeps me going in between games make hands this podcast episode is for you we appreciate your support and as chris said if you give us a five-star review we will read it out either at the beginning or the end of the show Yes, thanks everyone for listening. Find us on social at Lockdown Cavs, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and we will talk to you all again tomorrow. Ivan will talk to you tomorrow. I'll be back here on Saturday. Talk to you then.